and we back, and we back, yeah. Hey, this ain't no intro, this the entree. Hit that intro with Kanye, I sound like Andre. Trying to tell my baby mama, she like music. Yo, 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 and we back. Oh, and we back. It feels so good to be back. It's Ooh. your boy. It's your boys. It's boys will be boys. Andy Catelli, Benjamin T. Walker in the house. And oh, Ben, it's been too damn long, son. It's it is a new season. Season two. We're up on iTunes. Oh, we are. This you probably you horn, might be listening horn, to horn. this in your native podcast application on your iPhone. We are big time now. Season two. We did season one. We managed to convince them to renew our our show for season two. We're now sponsored by Swisha Sweets and <laughs> Four Locos. So we've secured tons we, of advertising We got five revenue. stars like your favorite Uber driver. You feel me, bro? We uh, are stacked and happy to be back. Go. What have you been up to, man? Dude, mostly just like stressing out about this team, obviously. Uh, you know, we're in that that terrible time of year where people are watching uh, iPhone videos from 150 feet away of like camp reps and being like, um, uh, did you notice that uh, the third string quarterback's footwork isn't exactly looking very good? This offense is atrocious. We're screwed. We're going two and 14. Like, so we're in that mode. Um, this is also the time when my optimism peaks. This is when I think we're going to be best before I dive into the terribleness that is being me during a Cowboys season. Let's go on to that person off. You still engaged? She has a I am still yet? engaged. Um, nice. the, the monthly fee to, uh, maintain the illusion that I have a fiance is, is really stacking up. I'm gonna have to get a, a raise at work or she's going to start telling people like my family and shit that we're not really engaged, but Hey, you know, for now, <laughs> put it on the credit card, keep it rolling, my man. How are Ooh. things on your end? Man, you know, same old stuff up here. Just holding down the D town. And by the D town, I really mean like the burbs because no one's really from Dallas anymore. <laughs> this is true. I'm not going to put your business in the streets, but I know you got a girl. I seen this shit. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we tolerate each other. She's she's met off season Ben, so she's Ooh. like this she's poor like, woman. Oh, how charming he is, how nice and sweet he is. And she Little hasn't does she like, know. He hasn't seen like regular season cowboy Ben. I mean, I feel bad for her because this is like um, if you met a girl like on vacation. Like yet. This is like if you met a girl like on vacation, like she met Island Ben, and then she comes back to the United States with you and finds out that you're like a hitman. And you spend every day murdering people for a living, like uh different demeanor. I essentially believe, yes, that is exactly equivalent to what she's going to realize. But uh, you know what? what hey, shout out to the women that'll put up with us, man. Shout out. Big ups, big ups. Oh, so let's get right into it. You guys, it's been a long time. This team, they're different than they have been before. I think the last time we talked to was right after the draft. We have just kind of absorbed the blow of losing two legends. Cowboys legend Des Bryant and Mr. Dallas Cowboy Jason Witten. Um, we'll get into how the narrative surrounding those has changed since they departed. Very frustrating subject for me. If I have to read one more 14-year-old on Reddit, be like, 
Oh, I'm so glad that Diva Dez is gone. You know, he was never really good in the first place. <laughs> Cole Beasley's really going to shine now that Dez isn't there to ruin his mood on the sidelines. Ugh, barf. But anyway, so yes, the Cowboys have a very new look to them. Um, receiver core has obviously been shaken up a ton. We've got some new faces. We've got some old faces stepping into new roles. Terrence Williams is still here despite just doing everything in his ability to not uh, hold a contract. You know, apparently he's allowed to get publicly wasted and it's no big deal when I do it. When I do it, everyone's like, well, Ben, you need to calm down. You need to get your life together. I'm not out there flipping over scooters in the middle of Briska, okay? I do that shit in Richardson. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so that we do. Uh, we are coming to you within 48 hours of the very first preseason game of the Cowboys season. Yes, um, you can tell what time of year it is because we're actually excited about preseason. That's how desperate we are for Cowboys football, bro. I'm excited that we're practicing against the Niners today. That has got me hyped. <laughs> we are practicing against the Niners. We are playing the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night. Yes. Uh, Niners, a hot squad, a hot squad. You got the the league's most expensive lottery ticket, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who had an eventful offseason, you know, uh, got a huge contract, dated a couple porn stars, you know, living the California dream. He's really doing his thing. You no, know, I got to give him some props. He didn't even deny it. You know, he just said, I learned some things. And Hell yeah, man. Good in for San you. San Francisco, Jimmy. people really don't care. If you said that shit in Dallas, bro, they'd call for Dak's head. Francisco, it's going to be uh, a really fun experiment in second and third string football strategy. Um, but as usual, guys, we're here to bring you just kind of a breakdown of not only the game coming up, but also camp, the crazy rumors that have surrounded this team since the last time we talked, what's changed, what's the same, and some outlook uh, into the coming season of Dallas Cowboy football, which is 31 days away as of now. A month from now, we will be – Balls deep in NFL action for your Dallas Cowboys. All up in it. All up in it. All right. Let's just jump right in. So, Ben, obviously, the right after the draft, you know, things were crazy. We'd lost Witten. We'd lost Dez. Um, yep. We've seen a lot of the Cowboys fan base. I mean, Dez didn't do himself any favors. Uh, ben and I were actually at uh, the wedding of a very good friend of ours at the rehearsal dinner. Shout out Matt Hawkins. Congratulations to Jill Hawkins, his new wife. Friend um, of the pod, Matt Hawkins. Friend of the pod, Matt Hawkins. Designer of the logo. Still looking great. Um, but we were at the rehearsal dinner, and I look across the table at Ben, and Ben looks up from his 30-second beer, and he goes, what? And I go, Twitter, Des Bryant. Just like that, like in a Trump voice. I was like, Twitter, Des Bryant, can someone bring me a Coke, please? And Ben was like, what? And he looks down at his phone, and I just see this look of just like, like when a father is disappointed, just come over his face. So for those of you who missed it, I was having Des such Bryant. a good time that night, Andy, and that's literally the only thing that could even remotely upset me was that Des decided to pretty much nuke know. our team. Nuke our team <laughs> on Twitter. That's what Des did. And, it, and the best part about it is, so here's here's the the actual timeline of facts. Uh, Stephen Jones gave an interview in which they asked him like, "What's going to be different from this year to last year?" And he gave like a bunch of different factors. And one of the things that he said was that you know he had Witten here last year, he had Des here last year, 
Um, you know, now he's got new faces. It was very innocent when you read it in the context of the quote. Some terrible sports website decided to write the quote as like, Stephen Jones says that Dak suffered last year because he had Des Bryant in his ear. And of course, Des just read that and gets on Twitter and is just like, yo, Sean Lee's a snake. Travis Frederick's a piece of shit. Jerry Jones is clueless. Fuck Steven. Like all this shit. And kind of like in what I would consider to be a, like an equally terrible thing, he also goes on to like call out a bunch of other guys positively. So he'll be like, yo, Dak, Zeke, T-Dub, Cole, y'all are cool. Fuck the rest of y'all. So like see, like just driving a wedge down the center of the locker room, like, oh, tight, Dez. Um, Sean Snake Lee, had to, Lee, though, may be his greatest thing dude, that he gives us all season. Snake Lee had to come out and give like a quote response to this. And of course it's Sean Lee. So like if it's up so to him, vanilla. he doesn't talk at all. Yeah, he's like, he very much comes out. He's like, well, you know, uh, I wish Des would take more personal responsibility for himself and the decisions that he made. I'm going to go back to watching film now. And then he immediately went back into the film room. Um, so it was just like a huge distraction. Des is in the middle of trying to get signed by another team. Des probably did not help his case even a little bit. I think he's now down to where pretty much one team is looking at him, and it's the Browns. Um, when season one pod ended, uh, I was fairly certain at that point, if you had asked me, would Des Bryant be on a team by the next time you do your pod on August 7th, 2018, I would have told you 100%, at least 95% that he would. And the fact that he hasn't is, um, I think he has himself to blame. He can't stay off of Twitter, that kid. Love him to death. And just his agent not giving good advice. He's apparently turned down two deals already. Uh, one of them, that Ravens deal, which would have been the best out. Now he's probably going to take a one-year minimum deal somewhere. Anyone willing yeah. to offer him a paycheck? He's going to have to prove that he's not going to do this kind of shit every week because – Right now, like every th single thing a doubter has ever said about Des Bryant, he decided to go ahead and like get on Twitter and be like, "Yo, that shit's true, bro." So, that being said, any of y'all out there that think that's changed my mind that I don't want him on this team are fooled. I would sign Des. I would sign Des for twenty-five million a season <laughs> today. Today, I'd still paying that contract, Calvin money. So. Be that as it may, the Cowboys did draft a new rookie class, including the world-famous LVE, who will be stopping by later to say hello to his best friends on the pod. Um, also, Michael Gallup, uh, Colorado State wide receiver in the third round, who uh, many people expect to make an impact early. And then Connor Williams, the highly touted Texas lineman, um, who is already making a splash at training camp. So got a lot to go through. Um, and, and I guess we should just kind of wade right into camp. So the Cowboys have been out at Oxnard now for, um, I guess we're closing in on, on halfway through their second week. Um, it's been a, an interesting camp thus far. Obviously, um, you know, when you, when you got all these rookies out there, there's a lot of uncertainty around the receiver core. Uh, it's been interesting. Ben, what have you been hearing? I guess we'll just start. We'll start with. Uh, let's start with offense. What have you heard around the offense? What do you like? What names are you hearing? What are you excited to see Thursday? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest story of this offseason is going to be who emerges at that wide receiver position. I think that's the most intriguing. Um, it seems to be the most fluid group. 
Uh, right now, they seem to be loving one of our boys. We're going to do Tavon Austin. He's been having a, a great camp. West um, Baltimore's finest, a.k.a. Tavon Barksdale. That is the official podcast nickname, Tavon Barksdale, repping West Baltimore. Um, he's been great. I heard uh, you know, an interview with him. He, he seems to say this whole group's the, the chip on their shoulders. You know, nobody thinks this group's going to amount to shit, which if you've read any article out there, they pretty much think we have the, the worst um, receiver core and tight end core in the league, which may or not be fair. But at the same time, uh, I, I'm interested to see who emerges this offseason from that group. And then obviously looking at tight end as well, I think the um, there's no real favorite there. You know, we're hearing a couple different names. Your boy goat from Okie State that you've been liking is is making some making some waves out there. Rico Gather, the Reddit favorites, making some waves out there. But overall offense, what you're seeing is O line going to be good as hell, consistent as hell. They're having a great camp. Um, Zeke, I think we can all trust. Dak is our question mark in this whole receiver groups. Our question mark. Yeah, no, that's definitely accurate. Um, you know, going in, obviously, the addition to Tavon, uh, that's been a resounding success thus far. Obviously, he hasn't touched a real field, but, you know, we're falling into the familiar training camp tropes. This is the best camp he's ever had. No one's ever seen him in this good a shape, et cetera, et cetera. But every clip I've seen of this guy, he looks really amazing. Um, speed is definitely still there. He had an amazing catch where he mossed a DB really embarrassingly in the blue versus white scrimmage the other night, which is great to see kid can catch with his hands, not just a pure athlete, but a, a real legitimate receiving threat. Um, and yeah, the receiver group has been a big question mark. And in fact, it doesn't really seem like the coaching staff has set out to really answer those questions yet. They've been putting everybody in every different position. We've seen T-Dub in the slot. We've seen Gallup outside. We've seen everyone go everywhere. Um, some some new faces have emerged. It seems like it's a wide-open competition. Uh, a name that has kind of risen uh, to the top of the pile in the last couple of days has been uh, familiar camp face Lance Lenore. Um, Lance was actually a uh, high school teammate of first-round pick Laquan Treadwell, uh, and went on to play at, uh, I believe, Western Illinois University. Um, he was a, a big star at, at that level, got close to 4,000 receiving yards, 280-something um, catches, super good wide receiver in, at the college level, and ha has continued to show flashes at camp. He's a physical receiver, can catch in traffic, catches with his hands, uh, which on this team is always a concern. Uh, T-Dub likes to catch everything with his body, as anyone that's watched this team knows. So we've seen a lot of that. Um, tight end's another big question mark, like you mentioned, man. Like with the deport, when you have a guy like Jason Witten depart, uh, you're going to have a bunch of questions around who's going to fill those shoes. And I think the and they didn't really bring in a a marquee free agent or even a, a well-known free agent, you know? Not even really a veteran, to be honest no, with you. Like, no, they are pretty much going to just let one of these young, either rookie or second, third-year guys just fight for this job and, and roll with it that way. And and kind of like they're, they're kind of approaching tight end like they approach wide receiver, which is like kind of tight end by committee. Um, no one is going to individually be able to do all the things that Jason Witten did certainly not in his prime and even towards the end of his career when he was slowing down a little bit. Um, you're going to have to have guys that can kind of do a little bit of each thing. Well, uh, obviously the blocking is there with a guy like Jeff Swain, who's been a big part of the running game for the last couple of years. 
when it comes to the receiving threat, that's, you know, especially in the red zone, uh, that's where Rico Gathers has really shined in the last couple of days. He was uh, the star of the blue and white game. For instance, he caught two really incredible acrobatic touchdowns in the red zone from Dak. Uh, and then that brings us to Dak. And that is, you're not going to see find a guy on this team or maybe anywhere around the league that's under more pressure than this dude right now. Um, Dak is almost his own worst enemy in that Dak had what you could say is one of, if not the best rookie season of any quarterback ever, and certainly the best rookie season of any quarterback in the history of this franchise. Um, being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback already comes with its own set of ridiculous expectations. Uh, and for him to go out there and be in the MVP conversation and win 13 games and just, you know, set the record for most consecutive attempts with no uh, interception as a rookie. I mean, all these things that he did, uh, it really set him up to either, you know, it was going to be tough for him to repeat that uh, last year. But, you know, a whole bunch of factors between him losing his starting left tackle to Zeke being out. Um, and then, you know, according to Dak, him trying to make some bigger plays when he should have taken, you know, maybe the check down to the shorter pass like he did in, in his rookie year. Um, we saw some regression uh, and all eyes are on him now. Um, Dak kind of added to that pressure by wading into uh, the barrel of fun that is the NFL's lively discussion around the national anthem. Uh, as, as everyone who's listening to this is probably aware on some level, uh, the NFL has been they would just stop asking people about this. Yeah, and I, I just don't so care, weird. like, at all. Like, I just don't care. And I don't think anyone really cares. Like, you and I have been to NFL games, man. Like, during the National Anthem, people are getting beers and, like, walking around and talking. Like, it's not some silent moment of observance for the truth. Yelling out stars during yeah, it. Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Like, the other day I saw a picture of a guy – in a t-shirt that says I stand for the anthem and he was sitting on an American flag. Like he had the American flag on his ass while wearing a shirt that said I stand for the anthem. So it's just like become this symbolic thing. Um, and so, yeah, and Dak decided that, you know, he needed to answer a question about this and Dak came out on the side of like, Hey, like I'm, I don't know, protest. I don't think the football field's the place to do that. Like, I, you know, I, I believe in taking actions in other areas, but the football field is not the place to do it. And man, he has been rained on by one side of the equation for that. Um, a mural went up in Dallas depicting a Dak in the sunken place from the film Get Out. Uh, he's not popular amongst the community right now, uh, at least one side of it, because of his decision to take that stand. So he's got political pressure, he's got pressure to perform. Um, and people are going to be watching this guy's every move. I mean, I sent you the article today. People are literally counting his stats in training camp like it's a game. They're like, yeah, Dak with a 73% completion percentage at camp this year, yeah. which is just insane. Like no one could possibly care, but it is what it is. Um, I've seen some dimes from from Dak in training camp. He's thrown some beautiful balls, and I've seen some, you rough know, patches. some rough patches where he he overthrows guys on the fade, uh, you know, hits the dirt on some stuff. But again, Dak was always that guy kind of like, if you listen to anybody who was around training camp, his rookie year, no one was impressed with this guy in practice. But when game time came, he went out there and lit the world on fire. And he's, he's gotten that tag. Uh, it's a super big sports cliche, but he's gotten that tag of being a gamer. So 
we're going to have to wait and see for the season to see what Dak's really capable of. Um, you know, the, the stated goal of the team this offseason was to make the offense more Dak friendly. Um, they brought in a new wide receiver coach. Um, the, aim, the aim of the offense is to be much more focused around Obviously, the running game will always be the focus of the offense as long as it's built around this offensive line and Zeke. Uh, but on the passing side, of things, he's just got to keep defenses honest, right? That's what they yeah. said last year. So we said, I mean, Zeke and that O line are going to get the job done, but he's got to keep them honest. And on third and five, third and six, third and sevens, he's got to be able to make the right read and play. Yeah, totally agreed. And I and I think that you know the aim now is no longer like, hey, we've got Des Bryant get the ball to Dez, throw a 50-50 ball up there and let Dez make a play. Um, Dez is the part of this organization. I think we're moving more towards a schematic attack where it's we're going to use scheme to get these right wide receivers moved around the field, get some separation, Dak make the correct read, and hit him with a pass that's going to get the job done. Um, so, you know, it remains to be seen if that's going to be a successful attempt uh, at changing well, a system that's pretty established. You know, Dez was a looming presence in this organization for close to a decade. So that has changed now. Yeah, when you have an offensive guru, though, like uh, Scott Linehan, I think it's pretty safe to say we're going to be fine. This will tell us all we need to know about Scott Linehan. I don't think it's any secret how me and Ben feel about Scott's work. Um, the national media has also taken up the cry that his offense is pretty predictable. Uh, I don't think anyone will deny that. Uh, but at this point, we're going to see what he can do. He does have some playmakers. He does have Tavon. He does have Zeke. He does have one of the best offensive lines in football. You're going to get looks that are pass-friendly because people are trying to stop Zeke from gashing you for 10 yards every single carry. So he's going to get a chance to, to you know, demonstrate that he is some kind of offensive mind. Um, on the other side of the ball, however, there's been significant changes uh, to the defense, and I think from from the most of what I'm hearing, man, it looks really positive. Uh, probably the biggest change was the uh, hiring of a new defensive assistant who's taken over as the passing defense coordinator, Chris Richard, uh, the former architect of the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Uh, and the word I've been reading is actually pretty crazy. Um, it's that you know the verbiage from the Seattle defense. The mindset, the scheme has all been, you know, Chris has brought all of that to this squad. Uh, people have even used the term, and this was from Brian Broaddus, a very respected Cowboys beat writer. Uh, it's been said that that Marinelli is now the defensive coordinator in name only, uh, and that Chris Richard is really, you know, the power behind the throne in this defense now. Uh, he's a super high energy guy that the defense does love this dude. He's out there. He'll get out there and play DB it, during a play and practice. Um, super passionate dude was, you know, he'll scream at refs. He's the whole nine. So he's kind of taken up that high emotion seat that Des left when he vacated. Yeah. I think you need a presence like that. You know, we always, we always uh, uh, use this phrase, uh, who's a dog out there. Like, Dez was a dog, you know what I mean? Like, I love DeMarcus Ware. I don't think he was ever a dog. He was an all-pro. But then you look at, like, a mean-ass dude, you know, like Ray Lewis was a dog. And you look at this Cowboys team, as good as Sean Lee was, as good as Tank is, really, who's that dog? And I think when you get a, a guy like Chris Richards back there kind of pumping hype between these DBs, I love to see one of them emerge as kind of that guy that kind of rolls that swagger, you know, that Jalen Ramsey kind of 
not afraid to talk some shit, not afraid to say some things in the media. Um, and a lot of people don't like that, but I think you need somebody on the team that's willing to be that guy. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, so the defense is rolling with – they're young. They have a lot of new people out there um, and some and some returning starters. I mean, you're, but you are going to see a fully healthy Jalen Smith, um, at least for the game on Thursday. He's the starting middle linebacker with Sean Lee playing on the weak side. Um, man, everything I've seen from Jalen looks like he is uh, just a whole nother level from last year. Uh, lateral quickness has returned to him in a major way. He is very fast. Is he your, able to- is he your pet this year? I mean, I've, I've been on the Jalen train. I know you have. I know, I know you have. Um, but I was, you know, I, 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 and I was watching film from last year. And, man, some of those plays at the end of the year where he, you know, blew up Kirk Cousins for a strip sack. Um, he's got real speed now, I think. And I think the main thing is the confidence is returning to him. He really feels like he can go out and play his game. He's very good in coverage. He can stay up with tight ends. He can stay up with slot receivers. Uh, and when you couple that with Sean Lee, who's obviously a stalwart of this defense, and then now we can have some depth at that position too with the drafting of Leighton Vander Esch, uh, the linebacker core has been revamped very quickly in just two short years. Yeah, you know, Vander Esch was kind of the replacement for Hitchens in, in kind of a way, but it was a necessary pick, especially because you don't know. We still don't know what we have with Jalen. I know you have high hopes. Um, you know, Lee's obviously a stud, but you also know you're not getting 16 games of him. It's a sad reality. You hope you get 14, at least 12. I think we got 12 last year. Um, but he's going to miss some time. And do we have people back there that can play while he's, you know, missing those times because the games where Sean Lee is missed, I, I had the stat up, I, I meant to retain it, but yeah, we got 11, like we got 11 last year. We got 11 from Lee? Okay. Yeah. But either way, I think it was something like his last 10 games that he's missed were 2-8 and eight or something like that. Yeah, we were a top 10 defense with Sean Lee on the field last year, and we were like 22nd or 23rd without. So that guy's all world important. That's why you need someone else to step up. I, I really am starting to believe in Tank. Um, I was talking to a big Cowboys fan last night, actually, who was uh, telling me he's ready to sign the long-term deal. I think me and you are both okay with the franchise for this year. Let's see him do it again. If he does it again, I got no problems paying the man. Um, he seems like the real deal. There's a, a, a fun story from camp this week. Um, as any camp around the league, you'll start seeing a little fights break out between usually O-line, D-line, but just players on defense. They get hot out there. You know, it's a, it's a contact sport. People start jawing and a, a D-tackle. Who's had a, a great camp so far? Antoine Woods. Hey, Antoine Woods, thank you. Uh, got into a Travis Frederick, which is a odd person to choose to to go at after some some jaw I think Frederick said, "I'll beat your ass right now" or something. Yeah, I'll beat the shit out of you right here. Yeah, his exact words: "I'll beat the shit out of you right here." And Antoine Woods was like, "All right," swung at him. O line, D line got into it. Apparently, that carried over the next day, and Demarcus Lawrence called out the entire offensive line. Uh, for one-on-one drills and apparently did very well. Beat all of them if you you believe in the, the hype with the, the riders. Now, one-on-one is obviously different than, you know, game and whatnot, but it's good to see that he's out there. He's got a little bit of that, what I was just saying, dog in him. So, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm hyped up on this defense. I think the the other thing I want to get into, Andy, is we're, we're just kind of general spitballing here is uh, 
I told you the the receivers on the offensive end I'm going to be watching, but the offense isn't going to play much, uh, at least starter-wise, in in preseason game one. I will be interested to see this defensive back group because there's a lot back there. A lot of them are going to keep playing, um, and a lot of them have had great camps. Um, If you've been following any of these beat writers out there, Chidobu Wuzier's name keeps brought up. I know he just got dinged up. Um, He may not play this Thursday. He was back at practice uh, today, so – Oh, he was? Okay. Okay. Yeah, he he came out with a knee, I guess, yesterday. But either way, you know, he's had a great camp by all accounts. Uh, Byron Jones, you were telling me before we came on, some people think of the best camp of any Cowboy. Um, We've been waiting for that guy. I mean, first-round pick. I wouldn't say he's been disappointing, Andy, but he hasn't been a superstar. Exactly. You know, and you want to see some more superstar plays from him. For sure. Um, so yeah, I the think group is going to be fascinating. Um, and then obviously the other big kind of – the only like place in the, the defense that the Cowboys have not really addressed, I mean, Tank is obviously the star at D-end. Um, on that other side, you know, it's going to be their familiar face of Tyron Crawford. Taco Charlton's right behind him who had – you know, he showed some flashes his rookie year. Taco's had a very, very good camp. Um, one clip that made the rounds was Taco putting a nasty spin move on Lael that made Lael fall over, and Taco got the sack. It was pretty sweet, so Taco's looking really good. Um, and then the the unknown quantity is the the mythical return of Randy Gregory. Uh, you know, this is a guy that when he was drafted by the Cowboys, this is the mythical the three first round picks year where three first round picks. Yeah, so we got Lael that year, who is he's now a starter on this team. Um, obviously, and, and Zeke. obviously Zeke, and then well, no, that wasn't the Zeke year. That was who was the, the first? Oh, By- was it Byron? Either by yeah, Byron or yeah, I think it was Byron. Oh. Um, and then Randy Gregory is the one that we've been waiting That's on. Right. Uh, Randy's shown flashes of being a dominant player. He was ridiculous at Nebraska. Uh, a first-round talent, to be sure, but just could never put it together off the field. A lot of failed drug tests. Um, he played preseason of his rookie year, had a sack in every single game. Um, then he got hit with suspensions. He got to come back for one game, got a sack in that game, suspended again. Now he's been out for an entire year. Um, however, you know, the word on the street thus far is that he's put in the work. Um, past 55 drug tests. Uh, worked a desk job while he was out, has stayed in shape, um, you know, wants to play football. Definitely, you know, he's still – I think he's like 24. Uh, definitely still has some years in him, and I'm I'm excited to see what the kid can do. I'm not holding too much hope out just because of how many times we've been burned on this particular situation. Um, yeah, I think anything you get from him at this point is bonus. For sure, yeah. and, and I'm glad that we're not like relying on that. Like we're not like, right. okay, like we need him to be – the, the left defensive end or we're screwed um, because we do have tank. We do have taco, um, you know, Charles Tapper still floating around in the background somewhere there. Uh, but then the other spot in the defense that, you know, has not really been addressed is safety. Um, Xavier Woods has played well enough to be the starting strong safety for this team. I'm excited about that. He, he had some good plays last year, um, you know, hit, hit a uh, Redskins, kick returner hard enough to take the ball from him, had a pick, uh, good good flashes for a rookie at the strong safety position. Um, free safety, however, 
has been held down by Jeff Heath. Um, now, I'm no Jeff Heath super fan. Uh, he does tend to be in the right uh, place at the right time. He has had his moments, um, some insanely lucky picks. <laughs> he pretty much personally won the Oakland game for us last year by somehow knocking the ball out of Derek Carr's hand and through the end zone, thereby turning the ball over with one play, which was pretty incredible, I got to say. Uh, but I don't think there's any Cowboy fan out there. Well, I won't say that because there definitely are. But there are very few Cowboy fans out there that are comfortable with Jeff Heath being the, being the starting safety, uh, which has led to a lot of hype around one particular rumor that will not die. Oh, uh, baby. Ben, I think you're probably familiar with this. True. Uh, the word on the street leading into the draft was that the morning of the second round, the Cowboys had tagged their second round pick to be traded to the Seattle Seahawks for Earl Thomas. Um, for those unfamiliar with Earl's work, he is a perennial all pro safety top two or three at his position for the entirety of his career. Um, he's 29 years old, former all American from the university of Texas. And, uh, one of the, the key cogs in that Legion of Boom defense that Chris Richard worked with when he was in Seattle. Uh, when the Cowboys played the Seahawks at the end of the season last year on New Year's Eve, uh, Earl came to the Cowboys locker room, went up to Jason Garrett and said, hey, come get me, which has led to no end of speculation about the Cowboys going and getting Earl Thomas. Um, uh, and it's certainly been carried on by the fact that Earl Thomas has essentially told the Seahawks he does not want to play for them unless he gets a extension and that extension Extend would have to, and his extension apparently would have to make him the highest paid safety in the league now whether he's willing to play for another team for less I don't know but at Seattle he basically said pay me like I'm the man or or let's get the hell out no, and, and, and I'll say this about that. Like, the highest paid safety in the league, that sounds crazy. But one, the highest paid safety in the league ain't making that much money. Um, we've seen, especially this offseason, the safety market is incredibly depressed right now. You had Honey Badger, who while he was on the Cardinals, was like, oh, I need a, I need a raise or I'm not fucking playing, blah, blah, blah. Now he's on a one-year $7 million contract with the Texans. Um, to make Earl the highest paid safety in the league, we would probably be looking at like a three-year, $39 million contract. Yeah, the highest in the league and what he would want. I mean, Eric Berry's getting six for 78. I don't think anybody's going to get that at this point. But what he's saying is that's 13 mil. Give me – I think he's basically told the Seahawks, give me four for – uh, you know, four at 13 and have it first three years guaranteed or first two years completely guaranteed. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm worth it. I think he's worth that. I would love for him to come, but the speculation is that he's basically said there's only two teams he really would want to play for if he left Seattle. And one of those is your Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The other being the Oakland Raiders, um, you know, he's he's a lifelong fan of the Dallas Cowboys, grew up in Texas. He recently purchased um, a share of the Onnit Academy gym here in Austin, Texas. Um, pretty well-known high-tech gym founded by Joe Rogan. Uh, we goat work out together. We do. We work out all the time. Uh, I, I spot him since he's kind of weak on the bench. But, but no, seriously, uh, 
you know, Earl would be an amazing addition to this team. Um, you know, I think that the, if the, depending on what the price is, you know, the word is that the, the price would probably be something in the neighborhood of next year's second round pick. I am more than willing to pay that. I think that Earl Thomas in this defense would put us into that, you know, solidly top 10, top seven defense range uh, with such a young DB group. What's the most you'd be willing to give up for Earl? Probably a second and a player, or maybe a second and a third. I would do a second and a future third or future fourth. Yeah. I, I would give up like a second and like Jeff Heath. <laughs> <laughs> just want to dump Jeff Heath's body, huh? Well, just, I mean, just, or just someone like that in our, you know, like second and Joe Looney, second and Shadavius White, like any of these kind of like, you know, second tier defensive, offensive players. Um, that'll sweeten the deal enough to get Earl here. I mean, I think that Seattle's going to eventually be staring down the barrel of like, do we get something for him or do we not? Cause we're not getting Earl Thomas. Uh, the ship has sailed on the Legion of boom. They've all left. Um, you know, Cam Chancellor's gone. Sherman's in, in San Francisco. This, that team's just, just not what it was. Um, and I think Earl would love to come play for his childhood team. I mean, Cliff Averill was interviewed the other day, said that during the season, uh, if he had to, Earl would leave the locker room without showering to get home in time to watch the Cowboys play. So dude's a big fan. I think the Cowboys are willing to pay the price tag, given that it's not like a – this isn't a D-end we're talking about where that means paying $25 million. Um, and I, like I said, I think it's just a perfect fit. Uh, we need a free safety. He can come in, slot in immediately. He's playing – he would be playing in the exact same system he's used to. Chris Richards is his old coach. And he'd be the veteran for these young guys. He's yeah. a great leader. We need someone to come in and teach the young guys. So, you know, it's a continuous thing. I mean, we have seen some pretty uh, crazy speculation. I think that the best one was uh, – I think it was Dave Helmley put out an article that was said, I am borderline positive it's going to happen that Earl Thomas is coming to the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot of smoke, man. Uh Tim Kalashaw for the Dallas Morning News also came out and said he believes it's going to happen. Yep, for the ESPN Bold Predictions article. Yep. So there's um, – I don't know. There's a lot of smoke around it. Is there any fire there? I don't know, Goat, but there's a lot of smoke that he would come in. So fingers um, crossed. Believe this. If we do get Earl Thomas, there will be a special Earl cast where we will be talking exclusively about how much we're about to run the league because we have Earl Thomas now. Bro, if we get Earl Thomas, that's a top three defense this year. Don't Ooh, at me. Don't at me. Don't at me. I think that the other big, uh, the other big speculation for this t- team is around what does the future look like for David Irving? Yeah. So David Irving um, did not get the long term contract from Dallas. He wanted this off season. We Probably thanks to. A couple missteps during the offseason a little bit. A myriad of factors around one David Irving. But instead, we put a second-round tender on him. No team decided to take that, so he's essentially signed a one-year deal with Dallas this year. Comes out this offseason. He gets popped for four games for PEDs. 
So we will not have his services for four games. And it pretty much seems like Dallas is okay with that and done with him after. The thing about it is is he's actually not – because he didn't report to camp today, he's actually not an unrestricted free agent next year. He's a restricted free agent. So there is a chance that we could retain him for another season without breaking the bank. We will see. Yeah, he's a bit of a weirdo, man. He's he's just uh, – I don't know what else to say about him. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who last year had seven sacks in limited playtime and still no one wanted to touch him with a 50-foot pole. So it's one of those things. He's a weird cat for sure. I mean, all the physical gifts in the universe, 6'7", 290, freakish athlete, Absolutely knocked Kirk Cousins into the next universe last year on a sack. I mean, he's he's deadly went on. Um, I mean, he almost single-handedly won us two games in 2016. Uh, the two that come to mind are the Tampa Bay game, where he just ate Jameis Winston alive in the fourth quarter, two sacks in the fourth quarter. Bro, and he, then- he, he has moments, man. I mean, he's a... He can be a war daddy, as Jerry likes to call him. Three forced fumbles against Aaron Rodgers in 2016, including one on the goal line. Yeah, what was that game? He had the block, the the strip sack, and uh, I forget who that was. I think the Giants, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's a really good player. He's just, you know – with this new environment, they're teaching that right kind of guy. Is he duty one around? Is he is he Rolando McClain? You know, is he is he good in flashes, but you can't rely on him. And if you can't rely on a guy, how much are you really wanting to pay him? Yeah, and, and he would command long long term money. You know, if we really wanted to take care of that. So the defense is, has got a lot of questions still. Um, I think we'll learn a lot about how good they really are. I mean, they've looked dominant in camp. They've given the offense fits. Um, I think there's some questions out there as to, you know, how much of it is the offense struggling with a new, you know, new players changing rotation at wide receiver, Dax struggles, and how much of it is that this new system with Chris Richard and the secondary are really that good. Um, I think we'll get a lot of those answers, you know, on Thursday night in the coming weeks of preseason. Yeah, yeah. So, um that's that's it for ET news. There's really no other big lingering story with this team as far as will they, won't they. There's no contract holdouts on our end, thankfully. Yeah. Um, what are you looking is, for on Thursday night? What are you what are you going to be watching, especially close? Oh, like I said, I'd love to see this offense, but I don't think we're going to see more than a couple. So I don't even know if Dak's going to play yet. I don't think they've said that. I would be. I don't, I don't think he is. I, I don't think, think we're going to your standard third preseason game. So if I'm really watching anyone, I want to see, I want to see any of those wide receivers flash. Gallup, my boy. I want to see if my boy go Bo Scarborough out there. Ooh, I like that. People on offense, and then on D, like I said, I'm just looking at these DBs. I don't really. I don't know if I really trust anyone else, but I want to see if any of these DBs can can catch my attention. Very nice. I'm going to echo some of yours. I'm I'm definitely looking for um, some offensive guys to shine. I want to see Michael Gallup in a real game situation. Uh, I want to see if, you know, if Tavon gets any touches, that'd be exciting. Bo Scarborough, definitely. Um, I definitely want to see on defense. Uh, I want to see Jalen and I want to see LVE for sure, man. Uh, we need to know That's what right. we have in those two linebackers. Um, I'll, I'll say those are my, my biggest ones for sure. 
if we if we see a dominant defensive scheme out there with some guys that are going to be getting significant playing time, I'm going to get pretty excited. So this is going to be uh, it's going to be fun. So most I've looked forward to a preseason game in quite some time. I'm going to throw one other thing out there that uh, we really haven't touched, um, but I'm still nervous about, and I don't care how other Cowboys fans feel. I want to see if Dan Bailey looks like he's not a head case right now. <laughs> I want to see if sitting on six months after missing four of his last five kicks to end the year is still in his head. It's just not something we ever even think about, but – you're, you're damn right. We're going to have to see. I'm nervous. I want to put that out there on like the panic meter. I'm at like a seven with him. Until damn. I see it. I'm uh, really afraid he may get the yips on us this year. We'll see. We'll see. I, I have a lot of confidence in Dan. Uh, I think that, that that injury he had last year lingered a little bit. He wasn't that confident in his leg. Uh, I think that a full offseason to heal, to go out and kick full bore without worrying about hurting anything, I think he's going to be just fine. And mostly that's just me putting out positivity in the universe. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm okay with positivity. I'm just nervous, Scope. And I hope you, I hope you do realize that if he does have the yips, I'm putting it on you. <laughs> he has the yips already. Oh, dude, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, So, yeah, that's it. We do play the uh, San Francisco 49ers 9 p.m. Central Time because we're out on the West Coast. Uh, 9 p.m. Central Time on Thursday night. Uh going to be a fun one we will be back uh i guess you know probably you know coming next week after the first preseason game we have some more practices under our belt as we get into that second preseason game we'll have some more to talk about uh, uh we'll, we'll we'll catch up with y'all even if it's brief even if it's just 20 30 minutes um you know no one really enjoys watching the preseason but the freaks like us so you guys you guys have a good Thursday you know just unwind watch a series or two and then then come back and visit us and we'll we'll, we'll be the ones freaking out about it um, so I will say this before we go guys you may have heard uh, the 65 times we've said it but we are now officially in the iTunes store uh, we are in the podcast app natively on iTunes and on on, on your iPhone um, the way that the algorithm for podcast works it does not care about pretty much anything except ratings and reviews it doesn't matter what you write you can literally go on there and write hey uh andy and ben told me to follow instructions and write a review here that's totally fine but if you guys would take the time to rate us five stars and give us a review it'd mean the world to us thank you so much super super appreciate it we want to grow the boys will be boys nation Hey, to all those people I uh, recruited at Hawkins Wedding 2018, I appreciate you guys tuning in. For sure. So, guys, that is going to do it for this week's Boys Will Be Boys. It's good to be back, Ben. It's good to be back. It is. It is. So, guys, looking forward to Thursday night. Have a good time. Drink a couple of beers. Watch the uh, the second and third stringers, and we'll be back next week with Boys Will Be Boys. As always, this is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. Take it easy. Peace.